All right, we are back, and we have in the studio Kate Quigley. Hey. <laughs> Hi. Um, Hello. We also have Mandy. We have her with our comics that come come through here. Um, we're at ComedySchoolsRadio.com, and um, we kind of have, uh, Kate, we were explaining on air earlier that we're just sort of the 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 two sidebar people that usually aren't the ones at the helm here doing this but we are today <laughs> Tony who is our host is out of town he's in Los Angeles so he, I've heard of it yeah <laughs> so he just kind of gave us a quick um, little sort of like questionnaire thing are you up for that absolutely yeah let's do this i want to make it very clear that these are tony's questions (laughs) (laughs) well Well, god we did our research though also on you kate of course you've been with with the show before (coughs) i have um i was telling i was telling um rob that we had you as our second actually the second guest as one of the comics um when we started the show and that's been a little over a year ago um it's crazy we had you with uh eric myers and he another hilarious comic and oh he's amazing you guys were off the charts oh thank you you know eric and i are very very good friends we've been friends for uh many years and so we just know each other so well that when we get together it's funny like there are certain people that just bring out the funny in you that i like to be around as a comic also because my creative juices start flowing and eric and i just have that when we're together we just like laugh i laugh the whole time um so he co-hosts my podcast with me now actually uh date fails which is great because i don't know anyone else who's worse than dating at me besides eric so (laughs) he's a perfect person for that well and i i saw some of your material i think you were um it was something you did between the sheets with josh oh josh mccuga's show yep that was hilarious you talked a lot about dating on that show i talk a lot about dating in my act and in everything i do and it's not you know it's funny because sometimes i've had some industry people be like you know you should get away from talking so much about dating and sex and relationships but i'm like the thing is i'm 30 something and single and it's literally like my whole life right now when i'm not working is trying to you know find that guy and it's not like it's not like i'm obsessed with finding a guy but it's just like i'm in my 30s i'm in my sexual prime i've never been single before i've never really dated and so i'm getting to like go through what most people do in their 20s i'm getting to do it now in my 30s and it's it's funny. There's a good wealth of material there, and I'm I don't know what else to do with my free time, you know, besides go to the beach and like go on dates. Like that's what I do. That's what you do. Well, that it's some really funny stuff. And Thank you. We have we're gonna kick off with a question here, and uh, Rob, why don't you go ahead and do the honors? Cool. I'm gonna let you do the weird ones later. <laughs> um, this is a direct quote from Tony. Your career has really been taking off. You're quickly becoming one of the most sought-after comics in Hollywood and right here in Phoenix. You're here this week. What's coming up next? Oh, well, that's really <laughs> sweet. of sought-after comic anywhere, but thank you, Tony. Um, 
What's coming up next? Well, I just wrapped the second season of my TV show, Undercover, for Playboy TV. So that starts airing August 6th, which is which is really exciting. Um, I'm working on developing a show right now with a good friend, Sam Tripoli, who's another hilarious comic you should check out. He's got a residency in Vegas now. He's got like a show uh, called The Naughty Show in Vegas every Friday night. And um, so I have that coming down the pipeline. And then you can actually watch me right now on Showtime. I hosted the Adult Video Awards this year. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, so that's on demand. So I mean that and you know, I always have, I have a million things always going on, a million irons in the fire. Um, but those are the, those are the things right now you can check out. And you're usually touring for your comedy calendar. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm here now in Phoenix. <laughs> and you were saying you come here quite a bit. I do. I get out to Phoenix pretty often. You know, there's such a good comedy scene here. You guys have so many clubs, and I've been fortunate enough to play several of them. And um, and so I get out here every few months. I get to Vegas pretty often. I'm hitting the East Coast next weekend. I'll be in Philly and New York City. So I'm really excited about that. Punchline Philly next Friday, and then uh, I'm at Gotham Comedy Club and Dangerfields next weekend. All right. So can we go ahead and just we're we're trying to work in these questions here. And it's kind <laughs> of I just like, want to make oh sure you, your mic is on, right? Because I can only hear him actually yeah. on my headset. Okay, just checking. Yeah. Just want to make sure that you're recording yourself. <laughs> right. I. You know what? It's just like you're just talking. <laughs> That'd be great if, like, no, you don't hear any questions. This is me. I, you know, I'd, I'd fix it later. <laughs> this is like a reality, one of those reality TV show auditions where they're like, repeat our question back in your answer. Like, I'll just do that. Well, you know, we have quite a few listeners. I'm They, they probably would have reported that back right away. I would hope. You're I would chatting think. with them, right, yeah. Rob? Uh, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so let's go to question two. Uh, you moved directly to Hollywood from a small town in Ohio. How big of a culture shock was that? Well, actually, I didn't. I moved to Chicago first. Oh. Yeah, so I moved from a small town in Ohio to Chicago. Um, it wasn't too much of a culture shock because the town I lived in in Ohio was Canton, which isn't the tiniest town. It's more like a suburb, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chicago, I just, I loved it. I always felt like a city kid. When I lived in the when I lived in Ohio, I always felt like I wasn't supposed to be there. You know, I felt like one of those people who's like supposed to be a woman but trapped in a man's body. I felt like I was supposed to be in a city but trapped in a small town. And so like I couldn't wait. I remember being like 7 and begging my mom to move me to Hollywood cuz I watched TV shows and be like that's what I want to do. Like yeah. I couldn't wait. So, I mean, I turned 18 and like moved immediately yeah. to Chicago and then I went to school there for theater. Um, it wasn't my plan. I wanted to live in LA, but I got a scholarship. So, you know, you go where things are free. Right. So I went, <laughs> I went to school in Chicago and then I moved to LA after school. Okay. Well, I remember from one of the other interviews that we did with you that uh, you got married at a relatively yep. young age. 13. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that young. I was 19. I was super young, like yeah. super young. And it's funny because I was just talking about this and it never occurred to me till yesterday that like I did that, but everyone in my family did that. My brother got married at 19 and my little sister never got married, but she started dating a guy at 19 that she ended up dating for 10 years. And so all three of us kind of got married super young yeah. and then split up with that person around 30. 
And it's funny because my whole act is about learning, like starting life at 30, kind of. Uh And I'm realizing the more I'm out around the country doing stand-up and even looking at my own family now and people that I know, how super common it is. Because a lot of people were young and in love and you get in a relationship, whether it's marriage or whatever it is, and you hang on to sometimes that first relationship maybe a little longer than you probably should because you don't know any better. And so I feel like a lot of us now are like, there's a lot of these people who are suddenly doing the dating thing for the first time later in life. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did the same. I got married at 19 and split up in 30s. See? 30s. You're yeah. probably just like me. I'm yeah. very naive. I'm learning now, though. I'm getting out there. I'm, you know what I mean? Playing yeah. the field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I'm you know what? Bob, we'll let you do the honors. I can't relate to any of this. <laughs> Why not? Are you single? Yes. Oh, what do you mean you can't relate? Then you're, oh, you're being married at 19. Oh, no. How old are you? 26. 26? And you never had, you had a long term girlfriend or anything? No. Nothing at all? No. Then you got some different kind of damage we should talk about. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. He's, uh, no, that's he's smart. working on his uh, comic career. Ah. <laughs> Good news. Is it hard, that hard to be in a relationship as a comic? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just no, I different think it hours is. and I not, it, yeah. I mean, first of all, you keep stripper hours. Yeah. So when you're a comic, you are working late at night. And also, it's a hustle. It's a mm. grind. And it's a lot of networking. It really is true in this business. It's 90% who you know. And it's also 90% just being like a nice person to work with. Like, I know a lot of comics who will take an opener on the road with them that maybe isn't necessarily the funniest person, but they enjoy hanging out with that person and spending time with them. And they're like, you'll get better on stage, but I can't, I could take a really funny guy with me who is annoying that I don't want to hang out with for a week, you know? So a lot of it is just getting to know people and making friends in the business. And it's hard to date as a comic too, because people know they're going to end up in your act. And they yeah, will. They yeah. will 100%. If you go on a date with me, I will talk about you on stage. But not by During name. During or after? Depends. <laughs> depends. Well, I usually try to wait until after. But yeah. sometimes, you know, maybe there's something going on that's just too funny. I mean, there's a guy that I was dating for recently for a few months that the relationship was so fascinating. I had to talk about it on stage um, because of what he, well, he is a porn actor. And so I was dating him and I was like, this is too interesting to not talk about. I've never dated a porn actor before. And most people haven't, especially a man, especially a woman dating a male porn actor. That's that's very unique, I think. So that one, I was like, I got to talk about it. Sorry. Hope you're cool with it. Uh, (laughs) Well, I remember when you were uh, in with Eric and Mm -hmm. you were talking about somebody you were recently dating at the time and. You did not want him to say his name, and I think Eric actually did say his name, and you kind of. I think he said it. Profession. Oh, okay. He gave away something that made it. Was it it an actor? I can't remember. You know what? I can't remember (laughs) either. (laughs) I just know you were like unglued with Eric. Maybe it was. uh, Oh wait, because I was worried that that person was listening, whoever it was. So then it probably. 
Uh, I, I I can't I can't remember. I dated <laughs> Eric has been so Eric knows me better than anybody probably out there, and Eric and I are super similar. So he likes to give me a really hard time about the choices that I make. And uh, oh, I know who it was. It was a guy that was on one of those Bachelor. That's who it was. You were it was, adamant. It, you did not want. Him yeah, to know. yeah, that's what it was. I was like, Eric, don't talk about it. He might be watching this. He might be listening. Of course, he wasn't. It was fine, but. You know, I'm crazy. I'm a little crazy. Um, and I fully admit that uh, I am an over-texter and I am, I am a stalker. And uh, I know every move you make. If we're dating, I know where you are at all times. I mean, I can't help it. It's in my nature. I should be in jail. <laughs> it's fine, though. Everything is fine. And you work it all into your material. Well, you, yeah. <laughs> you have to. All right, so let's go to question four, Rob. Um, okay, we, we were talking about uh, one of the local comedians when in, he auditioned for uh, Last Comic Standing. He had, like, this persona and just this n absolutely insane character. And uh, one time you did a stand-up show with a bikini and a pair of tennis shoes. How did that come about? <laughs> <laughs> it was hot that day. Um <laughs> No, so the bikini thing is like basically because I used to be a fitness model. And so when I first started doing stand-up, my, my social media was still kind of like part comedy, but also like I would post like kind of, you know, sexy like fitness photos and stuff like that because I was still making money doing both things. And um, actually at that time I was making no money doing comedy. But so I started and I would come to comedy clubs and a lot of comics would have a problem with me posting like hot photos and doing stand-up. It was so weird to me. It was mostly male comedians would come up to me and be like, you know, you're confusing people. Are you hot or are you funny? Like, what are you trying to be? Mm. And I remember being like, why do I have to choose? Yeah. Why can't you be whatever you want? Like, that's so crazy to me. Comedy is the one industry where if you're an attractive person, it's almost like frowned upon. Yeah. And to me, I was like, you know, there's gotta be a way to embrace everything that you are and use that. So what I decided to do was kind of make fun of myself by wearing a bikini everywhere. So for like six months, I would wear a bikini to everything, everything, the hospital, the DMV, <laughs> the grocery store, the bank. And I would just have people, friends follow me around with a camera and take photos of people's reactions. And it turned into this whole photo series that I did called In a Bikini. Uh -huh. And it's really fun. It's funny. It's not sexy. There's nothing sexy about it. It's very mundane. You know, it's like me pushing a kid in a stroller through a mall <laughs> in a bikini. And, um, and so when I started doing that, it was interesting because I got a lot of love and I got a lot of hate. I had a lot of comics I respect who thought it was awesome and would have yeah. me on their podcast and stuff to talk about it. And I had a lot of people who were like, this is not comedy. What are you doing? And I just found it fascinating. This is such a hot button. So I yeah. was like, one comic, I think it was Eric Griffin, he said to me, you need to put your money where your mouth is. And if you're going to do this, go all the way and get on stage in a bikini. And I was like, okay. So I got the Ontario Improv to let me do a show called The Hollywood Pool Party. And what I did was I set up a pool on stage and I made it like the whole show was a pool party. We gave like bikinis to the audience. Oh, wow, and before my act, I brought people up on stage and I made them sit there and um, and like answer questions and tell, it was like a talk show kind of format. Yeah. And then I did my act in a bikini and it was great. It was fun and I taped it. It's on YouTube, you can watch it. I really just wanted to do it to be like, hey, women can like rock being sexy and still be funny and there's nothing wrong with it. 
that was really the whole reason I did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did catch that on YouTube. It was very yeah. I mean, you went into s- material that I seen on other yep. YouTube. I do the yeah. same material in clothes, and you know the thing about it is that. It was never, people were like, oh, she did it as a gimmick to get guys to come to her shows. And to d- it really wasn't about that. Like, that's great. If guys come to my shows because they think I'm cute, that's very flattering. That's sweet. Um, but the truth is, I really just did it more for women to be like, hey, uh, you can totally embrace your sexuality and being a hot, independent woman who's uh, funny, who's a badass and do whatever you want. Yeah, that's smart. You know? That's smart. Yeah. And you're opening a door, too, for other hot comics out there. <laughs> and, the, and the thing is, too, I don't think of myself as a hot girl, which is the other thing. People think that I probably do, I guess, because I do all the bikini stuff and everything. But I was the ugliest. I was one of those teenagers who was ugly and got made fun of all the time, flat-chested. People called me roids and unibrow. And I was like, I never had a boyfriend. I was never a hot girl. Did when you, I, were you kind of a tomboy? Total tomboy. I yeah. still am. I really still am. It's When I moved to L.A., I started working. I shot a Miller Lite poster. I was... I got hired for this gig for Miller Lite where they would use promo girls to shoot their posters because they wanted girls with personality on their posters. So then those girls would go do signings and actually, like, meet fans and be cool as opposed to just some, you know, hot girl who is maybe a little less personable who's just yeah. going to stand there. And so I think they really picked me more because I'm funny and I was cute enough to Photoshop. (laughs) So realistically, I would sit and sign posters and guys would come up and be like, is that you? This doesn't even look like you. I'm like, I know, sorry, Photoshop, (laughs) whatever. Um, So, I mean, I used to do that, but I never learned to wear makeup. I never put highlights in my hair. I never heard of Botox. All this was like when I moved to L.A., I was the girl who was a total tomboy. And I had to learn to be a, quote, hot girl, whatever that is. And now I feel like I like living in both worlds a little. Like I do enjoy like my Playboy TV show. I get to be sexy and wear fun outfits and they do my hair and makeup and it's nice. But I also like just, you know, like I like to wear what I have on now, which is like a flannel and sneakers and like play football and get dirty. And like I like both things. Did you have brothers? Yeah, I have a brother and a sister. But I grew up with all boys. My mom ran a daycare, and it was a lot of boys. And my whole neighbor, I was always playing with boys. I love to play football. I love sports. Oh, how cool. I was a girly girl for until I was six. And then the minute I got to elementary school and I realized that boys were allowed to, like, get dirty and, like, I mean, I, I my favorite movie was Karate Kid. I was, like, a brown belt in karate by the time I was, like, 10. Like, I used to fight in karate tournaments. Like, I love boy stuff. Yeah. I still do. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, um, that's a really good good combination you're well-rounded with a lot of good qualities thank you you're so sweet (laughs) yes seriously okay so let's go to number five go ahead rob uh this kind of segues in what you were just talking about but uh do you think it's harder for women in stand-up comedy oh no i don't think that it is actually but i think that it you have to be funny and it doesn't really matter what your genitals look like um but i will say i think that it there's positive and negatives to being a woman in comedy. What a woman has going for her is this. If you are funny, there are far fewer of us. So it's all about working hard and getting funnier. Whoever puts in the most work wins, period, mm-hmm. when it comes to stand-up. Granted, there's some natural talent. You have stage presence. You have timing. You have whatever you have. But whoever works the hardest gets the most work. Now, if you're a girl, yes. Maybe there's you know 20 of us and there's a 1,000 men. So... 
if somebody wants a female opener, for instance, there's only a few of us to choose from. So that's yeah. nice. And you stand out more, so you have some more opportunity. But at the same time, a lot of people do think women aren't funny. So you have a little harder of a time in terms of you have to prove yourself. But I like that. I like yeah. the challenge. That always made me just want to work harder, especially like people being like, oh, you're just getting booked because you're cute, because people want to bang you, because you're in a bikini. Good. Keep saying it that just makes me want to work harder and you know that just makes me want to like prove that i deserve to be here more really right i saw um i think it was on one of the youtube uh chat videos um where you talk about your left boob <laughs> that is hilarious now is that just stuff you're embellishing on or no I wish true. that story was <laughs> embellished. I talk about my left boob because I got my boobs done and I've had one redone three times. It has pro it's a problem boob. It really is. It's like a drifter. Um, I talk about that in my act. That has been a bit I've been doing for years because I have had it done now three times and it's still like an ongoing saga. That is all 100% real. Everything I talk about on stage is true and personal and I've been really working hard this year to get more personal. Yeah. Like, when people ask me what my comedy is about, I tell them everything that you would tell your therapist that you would never want anyone to know about you because it's super duper embarrassing. That's what I talk about on stage because my goal is I like to help people. I'm not a mean comic. Like you'll never see me on like the roast battles. You'll never see me on that because I don't like to be mean. I really yeah, don't. Yeah. Um, but what I do love is for people to leave my shows and be like, well, damn, I'm not doing that bad. <laughs> Like that girl, she got a lazy tit. She hooked up with a porn star. Like she's like really doing a bad job at life. Like I would prefer you to leave feeling like that. So I don't care. There <laughs> we go. That's um. Well, I mean, I I I thought that was hilarious when I I watched that because it's kind of like almost um, relatable to so many people because every woman, I mean. Your boobs aren't the same. Never They're the same. They're just not the same. Yeah, you sound just like my plastic surgeon. <laughs> He's like, calm down. They're supposed to be a little different. I'm like, yeah, a little different. These are very different. I don't want to. I don't want to do my material here on the podcast, <laughs> but yeah. So we're gonna keep going here. Then it sounds like um, we're getting some really great response with these questions. I Tony knows what he's doing here. Good work, Tony. <laughs> um, let's go. Where where did we leave off? Uh, six. You hosted a TV show on the Playboy Channel that put you in some pretty weird situations. Tell yeah. us about some of the weirder or scarier or funnier ones. Um, well, we just wrapped the second season of Undercover, so the show is about weird sex. It's um, kind of like real sex on HBO, but ours is a comedy docu-series, so it's meant to be funny. It's cool. I feel really very lucky because it's the first show Playboy TV has ever done that's uh, a little more about the comedy. I mean, they have a lot of funny shows, but this one is more concerned with the comedy and the material really than like the sexiness of it, which I think is really cool for Playboy to do that. Um, everybody you see on the show is for the most part just normal people, not models, which is interesting. And we explore weird sex or yeah. anything that's out there in sex. Like this year we went to um, 
one of the things we did was an air sex competition. We went to like the national air sex finals, which is a thing in Washington, D.C., where people get on stage and they have to like basically have air sex, like air guitar to music. <laughs> and, and I have to do all these things, which is like I, I was laughing this season because season one, they were like, Kate, so if you're comfortable, we might have you kind of dip your toe in some things, but mostly you'll just be interviewing people and hosting. And I'm like, cool. Season two comes. They're like, Kate, this season you're doing everything. <laughs> and I was like, oh, dear God, I am not comfortable being sexy. I'm really not. I'm comfortable being goofy is and there, funny. Is there anything you just absolutely wouldn't do? Or yeah, get naked. Naked, na- but you did for your um, your Playboy audition. Is that right? I did get naked at my Playboy audition. Yeah, but nobody was there. But that would not, that was never for public use, and that was really stupid. In just uh, in hindsight. <laughs> Um, because I was, but I was really young and green in Hollywood and I wrote to Playboy and said, yo, there's a lot of like cute comics coming up in the game who are girls. Why don't you do a spread where it's like implied nudity where we're like wrapped up in mic cords and like being funny. And they called me in for a meeting. And when I got to the meeting, they were like, would you be comfortable doing a test shoot? We might put you in the magazine. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah because they teach you in show business always say yes like can you ride a horse yes then you go learn to ride a horse so when they're like can you get naked i'm like sure nobody (laughs) will see this right so i did i got naked and i ended up doing comedy naked there i did stand up for like 17 people at the playboy office but naked in high heels somebody has it somewhere it's on tape um and it got you what you got got me a tv show in the end (laughs) eventually yeah but um, on the show, like the one thing I was really nervous to do this year is we went to uh, a strip club in Portland, which is super cool. Actually, it's called Devil's Point. They do a thing called stripperoke. So oh. it's karaoke night. And these girls are amazing. They're, I mean, I haven't been to a lot of strip clubs. These girls are like athletes. They're amazing pole dancers. I mean, like amazing. So you come up on stage and you do karaoke and you sing and the girls strip next to you. And so we went there and they're like, Kate, we're going to have you do a strip tease. And I was so nervous because I don't like to be sexy. That is the one time I get uncomfortable. I could tell jokes for a billion people, but I don't like to be sexy. So I I had to strip, but I didn't get naked. I had like a thong and and a bra or whatever. But you know what? I'm not going to lie. I came out of that and I was like, that was empowering. It was fun. It was like, I encourage any woman, if you're comfortable, you don't have to get all the way naked, like go somewhere where there's like an amateur night far away from your hometown where no one will know who you are and do it because the power that you feel when you have a room of like 60 people, 70 people just like cheering for you because you're taking your clothes off as a woman. I mean, I it feels you feel amazing you're like oh my god i'm like a goddess this is crazy it feels so good it's good for your self-esteem nobody will ever know that you did it they aren't allowed to take photos so i just think go do it i didn't get all the way naked but i left and i was like wow i feel empowered i feel like sexy like i never feel like that yeah it was pretty awesome that's pretty cool um you have to really be in good physical shape you don't you don't nope because there's a guy that likes every kind of woman you know and like even if you're like a bigger girl and like you own it and you have Mm -hmm. confidence i know like girls that are like bigger girls that because now i've met a lot of people who work in adult entertainment from my show and from hosting the avian awards and 
everybody's different but like what they all have in common is they like love their bodies and they're just like proud and and i just think that that is really like the hottest thing if no you own ambitions it to toward it yeah okay there you go women <laughs> <laughs> i know nobody's gonna go do it and i never would have done it and it sounds like the craziest thing to say and i don't i would never go do it fully nude but just like doing it that one time or i don't know go take a class you can take like these pole dance classes and yes, do it for you your can. guy or whatever mm -hmm. but it really does make you feel like i just kind of enjoyed embracing that side of me i didn't know it was there at my age, I might break a bone. Who knows? No way. You'd be great. You'd kill it, girl. Uh, the way you described it sounds the exact opposite of a comedy open mic. <laughs> yeah. Did it help you with any of your comedy at all in any way? As strip, far as the striptease yeah. thing? Uh, no. <laughs> so you're Very right, separate. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that definitely was different. All right, so... Rob, you want uh, to take the next yeah, one? Yeah, you talked about hosting the AVN Awards. Um, is that a side of the entertainment industry radically different from mainstream entertainment? It's not ra as radically different as I thought it would be. I mean, um, I, I found that porn is becoming so much more mainstream these days that it doesn't have the same necessarily taboo, I don't think that it used to, but also I could be a little, you know, it's weird because I'm losing my perspective because I've lived in LA for so long. Mm -hmm. I mean, like there's so many porn people in LA and they come to the comedy clubs a lot. So even before the Avian Awards, I always would see them around and stuff. Um, but I've now been on like some porn sets for my show, you mm -hmm. know, for the Playboy show, we've done like an episode on virtual reality porn, for instance, and I'm telling you one thing, once you go on a porn set, it might ruin porn for you. Like I can barely, I can't really watch porn anymore because it is so much like any other TV or film in terms of like, right, when the action gets hot, they yell cut and they're really, they have a storyboard. Do you know they have a storyboard? They have a storyboard of shots they need to get and they go through those shots and the girl isn't turned on and half the time the guy's like checking his watch while he's like banging the girl. Like it's not sexy yeah, like yeah. you think it is in person. So you see all the technical side to it. Yeah, it just kind of changed it for me. Now when I watch it, I just, I, I can't really get into it anymore. It's funny but um but no i think that the the it there is still a taboo though if you do it i would say i guess yeah. like after the avn awards i got offered not just to do porn i did get offered a lot of porn work which is hilarious i think but i also got offered to like direct some porn to um be like comedic relief and i mean in like just weird stuff that i was like no that's like stepping over there is a kind of a once you step into it i think you're kind of that's yeah, your it's, thing it's, that's what you kind of get in is it like a label that you're trying to yeah like even for me with my social media i post sexy photos and stuff and people will always ask me they're like why don't you just post a naked photo just go there i'm like because for me just personally i put so much of my personal life on public display in my act in my podcast and everything i do that i want my naked body like fully naked body to be the one thing that's private for like me and you know people i like am really close to like that's it yeah, yeah yeah i think i read or maybe i saw where you said that you uh, have somebody you're dating go off all your social media just i try automatically yeah. yeah tell them to i block them 
Now, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I can see why. I mean, it's something that, you know, you're you're relating to a public mass, not really yeah. showing a side of you that it's, you know, it's you're different in it's your heightened personal. exactly yeah. if they're in the business i'll let them it's okay if they're in the business and they get it if they really get it if it's an actor or a comic um you know someone who works in the industry but if it's like a banker or a realtor you know somebody that doesn't quite get it because the problem is too like i am different on social media and also i like to interact with my fans and i might be like a little flirty back with i don't like to call them fans with the people that follow me whatever like i might flirt back with you or comment back you might see a comment of from me to some guy and get jealous but i might not even know that guy you know what i mean yeah, like it's all just yeah. part of the business it's and so if you're somebody that that's going to bother i just tell you right away like it's probably better if you don't follow me also i tweet a lot of jokes like here's a great example Sometimes I make up fake text messages uh -huh. that are funny and I post them on my social media and they're not even real. But if you see that in your guy and you don't know that sometimes I make those up, you're like, who's this guy that's texting yeah, you at 2 a.m.? What's this about? Yeah, so I just, it's easier if you don't know. Yeah, and sometimes you just get some sickos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, those are out there, yeah. But I invite all um, those people to buy my tickets to my... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Rob, you want to take sure. Um, you uh, already touched upon this, but uh, you talked about problems with your breast implants. Uh, do you have any? I didn't write these questions. Don't look at me like that. Uh, <laughs> do you have any advice for young girls in show business and boob jobs? What a weird question. <laughs> no, I didn't want to ask it. <laughs> Those are like two totally to separate questions. <laughs> Okay, well, look, here's when it comes to plastic surgery, regardless of, you know, what I've had happen to me, what I have to say about it is I am a big believer in do what makes you happy if it doesn't hurt anyone else. If your whole life you've been like, I hate my nose, I hate my nose, and you want a nose job, I don't think it's a big deal to get one. Uh, the flip side of that is do it because it's making you happy, not like because you think it'll like make guys like you more or whatever. Just do it because you want to look in the mirror and be like, I love my nose. Um uh, when my advice for girls in show business though, my advice for everyone in show business is the same, which is just um, to make your own way now, yeah. because the truth is now with social media, you could be a YouTube star and make lots of money and never have a TV show and never be in a movie. And you could be making tons of people laugh and have a whole career. I know YouTube people that make six figures making YouTube videos. That's you know what so I mean? True, so yeah. my advice to anyone now is just figure out what you like to do and just do it and and don't worry about what anyone else says in the business. Just trust your gut and your fans will find you. Like that people that like you, they'll find you. And as long as you like stay true to who you are, then then keep building that. Eventually, I think you'll be successful. That's that's what I think. That's that's so true. Let's go on to number nine. Kate, you're, you're bearing with us so well. Like, I love it. I like how I the questions are numbered this. here. <laughs> I know. How do you come up with most of your material? <laughs> and I think you kind of answered that. Anything yeah. you're working on now that you can share with us? Material, you mean? 
or sh- I guess, yeah. Well, I just, I really don't, I just wait for material to find me, and usually it does because I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, but uh, when you're a comic, your brain starts to see jokes, though, and everything. Yeah. We're sick people, you know? Tragedy happens. We're like, oh, but the funny thing is this. I mean, it's like we can't help it, you know? Yeah, and yeah. so... There are actually days I've I shush myself out loud. I mean, like I've shushed my brain because that's one thing is like if you're like me, and I think a lot of creative people are like this. My brain is constantly churning with jokes, 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 ideas, 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 and sometimes I can't shut it off. I think yeah. that's why people go crazy, you know, like Robin Williams. I remember Jim Carrey. I remember seeing him once on a talk show talk about how he went to therapy to learn how to turn off his brain because he just couldn't stop. And I feel that way sometimes. Um, but so like material wise, it's just, there's, it's, it's more like refining and figuring out which material is the stuff to keep. That's the hard part. Um, and what I'm working on now, uh, well, I'm working really hard on my podcast, growing that right now. I just Mm -hmm. took it over to all things comedy, which is Bill Burr and Al Madrigal's network. And it's an awesome podcast network. You guys should check out too. Um, yeah, lots of good shows. So I'm working on that and I, I have something coming up that's so dope, but I can't I can't talk You're about not, it, it, you know, because of NDA. Yeah, but I have some TV stuff coming up, so I'm very excited about that. That's all I can. It's horrible. I can't answer. I remember saying where you worked on the Megan Mullally show. Oh yeah, I was. What on. was that like? She's crazy she's, she's cool <laughs> well i mean i was just on one episode of that that's a great yeah. la new to hollywood story i was in hollywood barely for a hot second so when you move to la you'll do anything to make money extra work audience work i don't know if you guys know this listening but they pay the audience on almost every show mm-hmm. like even chelsea handler's show when it first came on the air they used to pay the audience they would put out calls for attractive people and they'd give you 100 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever to sit there in the audience and watch the show so i did that on the megan Mullally show and while I was in line waiting, they came down the line and they were like, does anyone have a special talent? We're doing a segment today called like audience talent. I was like, oh my God, I have a talent. I twirl a baton. I, I'm a baton twirler. And I, I think I was 21. I was so young. I twirl a baton. And they were like, do you have one with you? And I was like, yep, in my car. <laughs> I kept everything with me always. That's what they tell you That's to do in smart. LA. You never know yeah. who you're going to meet, right? So I go, I get my baton. They're like, cool, we're going to have you on the show. You're going to twirl your baton on the show. I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I go on the show. She introduces me as, like, a champion baton twirler. I do this trick where you throw the baton, you do a somersault, and you catch it. And I throw the baton and do a somersault and miss it. And it bounces into the audience and, like, hits someone in the face. Oh, my god! And I'm like, wait, let me try again. I got this. They're like, no, no, no. Did we think you're okay? I'm like, no, no, no. I'll catch this one. I'll catch this one. I'll catch this one. And then they did. They let me do it again. And I caught it the second time. But I think it's really funny because on on the show they only showed me dropping it, so yeah. <laughs> they cut out me catching oh, it. No. It's fine. Everything now, is fine. Were you already in comedy at that time? No. Or? Well, improv, just oh, improv. Okay. I just moved to LA. I think I was. I didn't start doing stand up till I was in LA for about a year. I think the first six months I was in LA, I just just was doing acting and improv and stuff pretty i mean that's a great intro to <laughs> segue into comedy yes i always wanted to do stand-up i was just too scared that's the truth i always wanted to do it i was terrified and actually i almost quit because my nerves were used to be so bad i couldn't go on stage like i would wake up in the morning if i had a show at 8 p.m i'd wake up in the morning nervous like sick nervous like i would feel sick to my stomach the whole day yeah. till the minute i walked on stage 
then I'd get my first joke out, they'd laugh, I'd be fine, and I'd have yeah. a good set, and then I'd come off stage, and I'd be happy for about an hour until I remembered I had a show the next day, and I'd start getting nervous all over again. I mean, sick. That's I, what I've heard. Yeah, I quit. Does. Yeah. I quit for three years. I didn't do stand-up because of that. Yeah. And I don't know what happened. My divorce... I got divorced partly because I wanted to work in show business and my ex wanted us to make money. And yeah. so there was a there was a divide there because you don't make money in show business unless you're very lucky. Like no one makes money doing this. So when we split up, I was like, I have to make it or I left this guy for nothing. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I felt. And so that pressure is what made me work hard. Yeah, yeah. Do you still keep in contact with him at all? Yeah, like we're friends. friends. Yep, yeah. yep. We are. Well, that's nice. Yeah, it wasn't one of those bad splits where someone cheated or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was just like we grew apart, and uh, I can't believe he talks to me because I talk about him so much on stage now. He should hate me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's rare, though, because you guys don't have kids. You don't nope. have any children. Nope. You ever think about I am a child. When I go out on dates with guys and, and they're like, do you want children? I'm like, no. I Do you want children? They're like, I wouldn't mind having one. I'm like, you can have me. I am basically <laughs> a child. Um, but I, I, no, I don't, I don't know. Do I ever think about having kids? Mm. Fleeting thought yeah, sometimes. Yeah. If I hold one and it's cute. Well, well I, I like kids. Right it's a away. common misconception that if women don't want kids that we don't like them. Because a lot of my friends are like, well, Kate doesn't like kids. I'm like, I like kids for like an hour. Yeah. I just don't, I can't, here's the thing. If I had one right now, it would be so selfish because I couldn't give it there the attention it deserves. Yeah. Right, Mandy? <laughs> yeah, that's your whole, that becomes got to be your whole life. If I was going to have a kid, I want to be like an awesome mom. That means I'd have to not do what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's true. So, yeah. Thank you, Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can go for the, the sure. last one on the list here. Woo! Uh, Arizona comedy fans love you. What do you love about Arizona? That's really sweet. That's <laughs> true. I really love the sunshine. Like, I'm a sun person. I was just in uh, Edmonton, Canada last week performing, and it was really cloudy up there, and I was getting seasonal depression after, like, two days. I'm not kidding. I was so depressed, and I was like, I can't wait to get to Phoenix. I want the sun. I mean, even though it's so hot here, and it is, but I love the sun, and um, I love the crowds here. I find that the comedy audiences here are great. They're very, like, open. They laugh at everything. They laugh at queen jokes. They laugh at dirty jokes. They're they're sweet. They're nice. They're just, like, cool. I just like I like it here. I really do. Also, I like the hikes. Yeah, some good hikes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of water, though. Got to take it. Yeah. Lots of it. Well, I think uh, that's that. Oh, do you? Oh, uh, no, just follow me on social media at Kate Q Funny or check out my website, katequigley.com. You can find everything there. Yeah, and you've got um, shows this weekend. Yes, come see House me. House of Comedy. House of Comedy this weekend. Next weekend I'm in Philly on Friday at the Philly Punchline and New York City over the weekend. And uh, I'm always in L.A. if you're in L.A. All right, that's Kate Quigley. She's at the House of Comedy. Um, she's got, is it two shows tonight? Two tonight, two tomorrow, one and Sunday. And one on Sunday. So catch her there. Um, we are Shirley and Rob at ComedySchoolsRadio.com. And we are going to take a quick break. And we will be back to close out the show. Just a moment. You guys you got are your great. Music. <laughs> yeah. Not getting it. 